What's going on? It's CJ the Day Slayer from the Upgrade America podcast. You have come to the audio side. You already know what it is. This is episode eight. Hope you guys enjoy listening and watching on YouTube. Make sure to leave a comment. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. We're here to Upgrade America. That's what we're here for. Because we're Americans. Yeah, it's quite that simple. Love, peace, blessings, prosperity, all that good stuff. We sending it your way. Enjoy. Peace. like we're rolling peace world what up ig live it's upgrade america thank you for tuning into our broadcast I'm, I'm blessed to be here with my bro cj the day slayer fellow defender of war everybody who's out there still serving yo we appreciate your service this is upgrade america and we're talking about bitcoin and how it relates to current events there's a lot to discuss on the show i'm cameron Ra. Yo, CJ, the Day Slayer, please tell us how you doing and what we talking about today. I'm good, man. Recovering. Shout out to Daniel, uh, fellow uh, ROK warrior, defender. That used to be my uh, roommate in 05 and Korea, Osan. For those who know Mustang E, you know. Um, so, yeah, we're talking about a little sports, you know, Tar Heels 1, you know to Duke out. Awesome. Uh, we're talking about also Ukraine going digital government-wise on a lot of things. Um, we're going to talk about the slap, but we're going to take a different approach on it because it's ad nauseum at this point. We're also going to talk about what Florida has been doing, interestingly enough, the headlines that you don't hear about. Um, what else we got? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Um, we're going to talk about bottles for Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And how Bitcoin can essentially save the world. Another aspect. But um, yeah, we, we got a lot of a really great show. So I'm going to take it off with bottles for Bitcoin. All right, go for it. So, what do you think is causing climate change? Is it Bitcoin? The climate change community is attacking Bitcoin by circulating frivolous rumors about Bitcoin's energy demand. Something about a single Bitcoin transaction uses more energy than a city block. While this claim is ridiculous, Bitcoin is indeed, it's energy intensive. And this is per design, because in order to create new Bitcoin, a great deal of energy and computational power must be expelled. This proof of work concept prevents Bitcoin from being created out of thin air and inflated as seen with the US dollar. Naturally, Bitcoin miners, that is, people who use energy and computers to acquire Bitcoin, will flock to the cheapest sources of energy to maximize their return. Right now, solar is the cheapest form of energy in the United States, and it's encouraging the Bitcoin mining community to leverage this clean, abundant source of power in addition to other sources of clean energy. People are literally using volcanoes to mine Bitcoin. Bitcoin is propelling innovation to use energy. Uh, Bitcoin is propelling innovation in the use of energy harnessing. 
So here's my challenge for Bitcoin to balance any negative karma the blockchain may or may not have caused. Here is this. Hear this. Bitcoiners, Orange Party, what have you, push your legislators to make Bitcoin redeemable for recyclables. Instead of nickels of inflation cash, pay people in Satoshis. Satoshis are a small piece of Bitcoin. Do you think more people would recycle if they were paid in Bitcoin? Let us know your thoughts in, in the comments. Uh, a little bit more. So I have a follow-up challenge for the Bitcoin party. Challenge and push for bottle bills in all 50 states. A bottle bill is just a law that allows people to turn cash, that turns bottles into cash. I propose that we start paying people with Bitcoin and this will be a bigger incentive to, you know, to recycle. Because right now only fifth, less than 15 states have bottle bills. Mm. So a, a next step would be to set up kiosks where people can exchange bottles for Bitcoin. Upgrade America, Skyward coming soon. But back to you, CJ. What are, what are your thoughts? Um. All right. Is the Bitcoin mining actual like career, like job stuff? I've been hearing about it. So how does that work? Like just overall, like how does that work? The Bitcoin mining. Okay, so. I'm going to address it from a high level. Okay. But essentially, you, as an individual, can get a piece of hardware, plug it in, and then you can literally convert energy. If you're plugging it into your wall, it's going to burn energy and it will convert, essentially convert it to, to Bitcoin. Because you use this, that energy to run a lot of computations. Okay. For this algorithm and, and, and that is that transmutation from energy to computer algorithms essentially into Bitcoin is is that's that's the whole process but anyone can do it if you were to do it alone you would only get a fraction of the return you'd get a small amount of Bitcoin if okay. you were to do it as a as an enterprise meaning you're dedicating a lot of electricity a lot of computers and you know thousands of, of, of computers to doing this, then you would get a bigger return. So right now it's like, yeah, people, when Bitcoin first started, it was just individuals who were doing it mm -hmm. and they were getting the, the reward of it. But now that corporations are seeing the benefits from Bitcoin, they're all jumping into it now. And states are offering benefits for those organizations who are coming there to do that. And I would assume Florida is one of those states, especially the Miami area, and I'm sure the Orlando area, because we have a tech industry booming here. Um, I was going to ask another thing. So the concept of paying people to recycle, that's been around, but it hasn't been a part of our, how should I put it, like our daily life, like our paradigm. I like the concept of, we've talked about this in our other seasons of Upgrade America, to pay people, I think we've discussed this, I know I've discussed this with just people in general, to pay people to recycle, some kind of rebate, some kind of something to encourage uh, recycling. Um, how I feel about paying people in Bitcoin, and, uh, and I think it just depends on the demographic that you're talking to. 
if you're talking to say somebody my grandparents age you probably want to pay them in like cash right but if you're talking to somebody our age and younger or somebody that's in the tech sector they're probably more likely to go for it that's that's the thing i would say um would be the challenge on doing that and then also setting up the infrastructure which i don't feel like it would be that hard to do but you know with certain things like that you got to have the demand for it to go that way so you probably won't want to start with traditional cash first and then have that also as an option to encourage people to recycle or whatnot here's the thing traditional cash option has been around for the longest time and a five cent incentive mm-hmm. is clearly not enough to motivate people to pick up garbage and you must consider that the dollar gets weaker by the year so mm-hmm. that five cents gets less and less by the year but when you're paying people in bitcoin which is progressively getting stronger by the year that little you, pick, you get one bottle and then you get five cents worth of bitcoin but then that five cents can clearly turn to to 15 in, in a year mm-hmm. 300% growth which is normal for Bitcoin so if people were to keep doing that and recognize the incentive like over a long term it, really, it only makes sense to do that but I believe that this is one of the ways we can clean up the clean up America by offering this incentive yeah and i agree that we do need to do better with recycling i think it's a company i follow on twitter uh i think it's called rubicon something like that where that's their industry is like recycling upcycling all this kind of stuff i know another one TerraCycle. i think they're still around upcycle and sell like products from stuff you can recycle you know stuff like that i've seen that growing movement you and i even in walmart I've seen some like shades that come from recycled plastic bottles. So, well, I'll share a bit of my dream is okay. build the largest building in the world, primarily from uh, polyethylene plastic, and that's most commonly found from water bottles. Like water bottles are one of the hardest plastics to recycle; they're so abundant but it's like cheaper to make new ones than to go through the process of recycling. You mentioned upcycling, which is great because it's like we should get away from the notion of, hey, this was once a water bottle. Let's spend money to make it into a water bottle again. No, like you can take that plastic and make it into something else. The best example is 3D printed filament. Like we can take that plastic grind it up and then essentially melt it into little spools of strength and mm-hmm. 3D print anything and that be, this is how we're going to end homelessness by 3D printing buildings and, and shelters out of out of plastic it's, we have the technology to do it, just need to get the right people involved and upgrade America, 2024 we're going to make it happen, guess what Oh, yeah. that's you, TJ, so I'll day, bro. Nah, that's all good. I was letting you rock. Uh, shout out to Lynn Renz. What's up, Miss Lady? Uh, she's watching on the IG Live. Uh, so why don't we segue to that other link you sent me about LA with the UBI? 
Okay, so uh, you know, peace to Mario. He, he's speaking a lot of good intel, but from what I gathered from it, overall, it appears to be a form of UBI. It's a thousand dollars a month for three years. There's a lot of specifics into it, mm-hmm. but um, again, I'm not a fan of it, particularly when you consider it long term. I always use the first stimulus as an example. Mm-hmm. Every American was offered, or would, not every, let's say it was, what would you say? 200, maybe 175 million Americans were eligible for stimulus, just to be fair. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because what the median income is, what, about 50, 60,000 across America, just in general, something like that. Uh, I, I don't have the numbers right yeah, now, but I, 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 I see something. that being, I could I could see that being, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, when you look at what one single payment was that, to consider doing that repeatedly, like trillions upon trillions, you're, you're gonna break the machine. And that's why I'm not a fan of UBI. But um, again, I, I, I think I am totally for Universal, what did we, we call it before? Universal Asher. Basic, uh, what is it? Resources? Called? I don't know. Still something like that. Uh, I think we basic. should. Go ahead. Uh, the, I am really not for giving people money, but giving people like things, like as far as housing, food, and Internet. Internet, 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 and medical. These are, are things that I think would be a better spend of that, that money. But it's just my opinion. Um, I think they were doing an uh, experiment in uh, Stockton, California with UBI. UBI is universal basic income for those who are not familiar. Basically, you get a payment from the government to help you live, basically, in a way. Um, it's like, I guess, kind of like a stipend or something like that, which I was going to challenge you in this way that um, Alaska's been doing that basically forever, what, since the 50s, essentially? Well, it's like annual, that's an annual stipend. And it's but like, I think, is it annual? I thought it was like monthly. I didn't think it was annually. Is like, it really? Because I, I, I'm not sure. But what a total does it does it amount to? I thought it was like in the thousands at most. Maybe, but that was like to encourage people to move and stay in Alaska. Um, I'm just seeing examples of like even GI Bill, for example, BAH, BAS. Well, BAH, I think that's a stipend. Basically, granted, it's not long term, but it's just a form of we have these examples within our society. So it's not unheard of. Um, I don't know. I think I can feel both sides of it. I can feel like, all right, it's, it could be not necessarily a great idea financially versus what I think we call it universal basic assets or something like that. I forgot what I we called it. it was the term we coined. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of torn on it because I also see the other side of it like this year with people's taxes been all messed up because of 
basically paying ourselves a cash advance for the stimulus, right? Um, during that, what, two-year period or whatever like that? So I can see how you feel that way. I can also feel that way too. But I just it just depends. I don't know. I think of people that are disabled, they're basically getting UBI. You know what I'm saying? Granted, it's a disability, but it's a form of UBI. Um, I don't know. How do you do it on a mass scale? Like, can America afford to do it on a large scale? Can states afford to do it on a large scale? Mm, well, I if they did, I think, hold up. So, you know, you know, we're a little controversial what things we would legalize. You legalize prostitution, that's one. Mm. You legalize all all the drugs, that's another way to create tax revenue, especially in different states because they offer different things. So I'll give you an example. You come to Florida, sunshine, tourists, da 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 da, right? So you got recreational drugs and you have prostitution here that highly would benefit us, you know what I'm saying, based on our location because we get so many travelers. Matter of fact, I was listening to the news here locally. Our visitor um, count is higher than the the blip before the blip. That's what I'm going to start calling this now because I know YouTube is like crazy with this. Yeah, but it's past that already. You know what I'm saying? So I'm thinking like the amount of dollars, tax revenue, et cetera. Now, the only problem I have with that is making sure that this tax revenue does go to underprivileged areas, underdeveloped areas. You know what I'm saying? That's that's always the issue that the I see. The point is how you keep transparency so you can track and trace the money. Yeah. Oh, uh, now you've, you've changed. Once again, you've converted me, CJ. I, I, I would say having, you need both. You need universal basic assets, meaning the housing, the medical, and internet, what have you, but you do need some form of UBI, particularly because of the things you mentioned. Like, if the end game, late state capitalism, whatever the heck we're transitioning to, is is no one's getting any money, then there's, there's not going to be money circulating for those industries. So you have to keep some you have to have some commerce for people to buy things where you have no economy. So I think I think it'll also be better on a state level if you're gonna do this because each state knows their dynamics of their residents. You know what I'm saying? You can cater and you can do a lot better with that than versus federal. But I do believe, you know, I still believe that we should legalize prostitution, drugs, all this stuff on a federal level. So then states are have that option to do how they see fit. You know what I'm saying? So, and it's very controversial. I got into this topic at work. Everyone was like, whoa. I was like, well, think about it. Like the war on drugs hasn't worked. You know, prostitution is the oldest profession. I feel like we could do it responsibly. We got plenty of case studies across the globe that are not in the US. I mean, Vegas has that one part, was it Reno or whatever? The only part where it's legal. So I'm like, Okay, they've been doing it for I don't know how long. Why not at this point? So like, I, I totally agree with you on that because again, when you and this pertains to everything. Mm-hmm. When I don't want to say legalize when you legalize everything, you can focus your efforts on catching child predators. But yeah. for every officer you take off the street, for someone for a weed crime. 
or prostitution crime or whatever, what have you, you know, child predators are creeping around doing their doing their business. So like there must be a lot of discretion, a lot of uh, how do you say regulation to doing so. Mm-hmm. I don't want to big up that uh, medical ID thing, that digital ID, which I have concerns about. But yeah. if you're tracking, if you have a, a, a solid method of tracking health history for sex workers, sure. Like, I... you, 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 could make, you could make it work. People are getting tested regularly. And it's like, you have people in and in, in, in a health program, you know, urging clean health, it's regulated, it's taxed. I don't know, they need to win. Like I, like I was explaining to the group we were talking about at work, think about all the support services with legalizing both of those industries. You got therapy, so mental health, you have security, you need security, you have IT for the technology that's going to be in the facilities or whatever. You have the actual workers where you have flexible schedules. You have maybe uh, they do it as they see fit. Like they don't, they're not locked in a contract. Like, hey, if they want to do it for a few months and then be done, they can do that. You can put like tuition like, assistance. What's the type like of job that. where you're like a contractor? Are you yeah. Doing the, the 1093 is that? The 1099, I think it's 1099. I don't know my my tax one. Yeah. But it's like, but you know, you're more or less you working for yourself. So yeah. I, I see that, and it's like, I don't want to say America has to overcome her prudeness in order to raise this taxation, mm-hmm. but yeah, you, you gotta do that. You, you got that's one of the ways that can can raise taxes and provide some sort of UBI or all these the money that the states desperately need. So it's time to start reconsidering uh, some of the things we consider taboo. Yeah, and then you also would have a requirement. You have to be a resident for a certain amount of time to receive these benefits as well to keep people from like state hopping to get all these benefits, say if their state is not doing it. And then I also think of the poorer states like Mississippi, like uh, I think I don't know if Alabama still qualifies as that, but like states like that, I can say South Carolina's kind of poor personally. So I think those states would highly benefit from it, but I do understand how religion plays a role in those regions. So that would be the biggest barrier of that. Uh, what's up, Alley Cat? And what's up, Base Head? Marion represent 843, Swamp Fox. Um, what else were we talking about? Okay, so we talked about that. Let's get to the slap. What's up with the slap? How you feel about it? Uh, so there's two theories that I have about the slap. Okay. Either the slap was just something to distract us from, uh, you know, bigger things that are happening behind the curtains or was planned or staged, or, you know, uh, Will Smith had an emotional moment, a weak emotional I can say that because I had weak emotional moments as well. But I also, there's another aspect of it I want to discuss too, but what are your thoughts? Uh, I sat back, watched all the analysis, all the commentary. I'm, I'm tired of it, but it is kind of, I like the angle you were taking it from. I think um, 
Chris Rock showed a lot of restraint. I think the joke wasn't even that serious, to be honest. Like, um, I thought it was very tame. Chris Rock can go pretty hard on people. Yes, I agree. And the other Oscars, I saw like highlights of that, and like he went harder in that one than this one. He was like, "Oh, it's tame, whatever." I yeah, think I know from on, myself, the, on the joke. Huh? Go ahead. Oh no, sorry. It's like actually, for a moment, I thought that she was really going to do a that there was a GI Jane two coming. I was like, yeah, I would really like to see that. I, just, <laughs> uh, I was all late, but yeah, it was tame. It was a yeah. Tame um, I didn't like some of the narrative narrative that came out of it. I didn't think it was an attack on black women. That was one narrative I saw. I didn't necessarily agree with that. I do understand that black women are underappreciated. Um, criticized all this stuff like I understand that aspect I didn't look at it from that aspect I looked at it from an entertainment aspect first of all that had an award show for acting <laughs> like really put this in con context right yeah you're right you're right you're so right. I'm like okay we're up here celebrating make-believe granted I love movies cinema etc right been growing up with that all my life whatever shout out to mom so but I also recognize the fact that he was able to do that at the award show shows that amount of privilege. First of all, I felt bad for Chris Rock because they put him in a precarious situation where he's like, uh, okay, I gotta keep the show going. And I know for me personally, the show would have stopped. We would have to fight right there. Like, that's not happening. So, but it happened how it happened. I do like that Will Smith was like, the guilty pleasure part of me enjoyed the, I guess, masculine power display and the way he walked off, like somebody said, like Wild Wild West, all smooth, like he walked off. And I felt like, and I talked to my mom about this, he shouldn't have did the extra yelling when he sat down. He should have just chilled and let the show continue. So I don't know, like, I guess I get one aspect of it. Like you said, Will just got tired of the shit. It's like, you know what? I wish a motherfucker would. Like, that was his moment. So he just was like, all right, fuck it. Um, I don't agree with him doing it like that, but it happened. It's whatever. Everybody has a, a strike of violence in them. We're animals. So we are primal when it, certain situations occur. And another thing somebody brought up I thought was interesting was... This shows the difference with real life and digital life. <laughs> People needed kind of a reminder like, hey, things can go a lot differently in real life. Y'all gotta understand that digital doesn't always translate to real life. Real life, so many unknown factors, you know, based on being digital warriors as we are now. Um, but that was kind of my takes on it overall. But I'm curious to hear your side of it because you had a very interesting angle on it. I mean, so I, I, I like how, uh, how you mentioned like it might have gone different if you were hosting the, the award because a, a smack is a very serious insult and historically like it was the challenge to a duel like if you're familiar with King Arthur, all those knights and stuff like that, or you see one of the movies, they go bow, smack fire out a guy with a glove. And it's like, it, it looks like a, a very feminine, sissy insult, but that was the initiation to a death match. You know, 
And I, I want to talk briefly about the rules to a duel. So it's like you smack a guy, right? You'd be like, bop, I challenge you to a duel. And then the person who is challenged, they get to pick the weapons and the time and place. And then you either fight to the death or till one person is incapacitated. But do you know how many U.S. presidents have engaged in duels? Was it, I only know the two, the two, right? Was it Hamilton and Burr, right? I want to say Andrew Jackson did as well. Did he? Okay. I think it was like, I was thinking Andrew like... Andrew Jackson or Andrew Johnson. Yeah, I get them mixed up. But uh, yeah, so dueling was an acceptable culture even into like, let's call it late 1800s. But what I proposed for, uh, for Chris Rock, he didn't press charges, I don't think. Like, you look at the weight class, and it, it was... It was very. Would you say Will Smith was about two sixty? No, I say he's. I know he's about six two. I think probably give him maybe give him two forty, maybe something like that. I'm not sure. And then Chris Rock, okay. I guess, was like five ten, maybe one seventy five, one eighty, maybe. But there are a lot of ways he had the opportunity to intimidate Chris Rock, getting up in his face. But to use physical force on on another man, you know, particularly in the face, like you, you know that would entail. So what I I would suggest is that they have a duel. But Chris Rock should be able to uh, have a champion fight in his stead. Any Game of Thrones fans out there who who recall when uh, Tyrion is the dwarf, he had a trial by combat, but he had a knight fight in his stead. That's what I propose. Have uh, someone in Will Smith's uh, weight class, you know, have have them duel it out in, in, in the ring. I would pay to see that. Mm. What are your thoughts? That'd be interesting. I know there's this uh, organization called. Uh, it's on IG. I follow. They do actually do this. They set up boxing matches, like street boxing matches, with gloves in there. I think mouthpieces. And they go to like Miami, New York, like I think Philly, and they're all about not using guns. So if you got beef with somebody, yeah, you can box it up. So I kind of like that kind of. Saw that before, but I, yeah. I, I would like to see that happen. Yeah, I kind of, low key, I kind of like that concept because it's forcing people like take it primal, take it old school. Y'all fight, somebody get knocked out or drop, shake hands, keep it moving, that's done. You don't have to worry about, you shouldn't have to worry about retaliation. Like, it's done, you know, you both got it out, you good. I've seen like women up there boxing, like baby moms versus whoever, like all kind of stuff. So I think- classes? Cause that can get dangerously out of control when you have a yeah. 10 pound person fighting a someone who's 200 plus. I think, what I've seen based on that thing that I follow on IG, um, they tend to be around the same weight class for yep. everybody I've seen fight for the most part. I've seen, I haven't seen like no six five dude fighting like a five six dude. You know, I've seen they usually around the same size, so they they're fair about that. But one thing you gotta emphasize is like you're supposed to go like forty percent of your power, your spark. Plus, it's like. Objectives should not be too. Uh, well, I guess people train for different reasons. People fight, <laughs> so, so do as you will. Get get that energy out there. 
but I agree it's more constructive than so I had a thought on this, right? It's, it's very controversial, I think. Should they institute this nationwide in the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. In schools for kids that had all that energy, that fight, whatever. Like, they actually, I know it's controversial, right? But I'm looking at it like, would that reduce the violence by having it set up and, you know, medical professionals there they squabble it out, it's done. You know what I'm saying? Now they get in trouble, they get discipline, discipline action, whatever the case might be. And then I'm thinking about American workplaces. <laughs> Why not have this option? People, you know, you beef, all right, we got a sanction here. Boom, y'all get it out. You know what I'm saying? So I just- A lot of legal forms and waivers. I'm just saying Americans are mad as hell like especially after the blip you know what I'm saying there's a lot of frustration and stuff everybody's dealing with mental health challenges so I don't know just it's just kind of a weird thing I thought of as we're talking but um so here's the thing regular workplace it'd be hard but the military Oh. <laughs> yeah. I would like to yeah I would like to see that now when I was in the desert I did participate in the Friday night fights I got to punch a lieutenant in the face he wasn't my commanding officer but like still like that was the one time it was acceptable to, to hit the brass but I would like to see that more at least in the military like handle handle that but in the workplace it would be pretty hard in schools I would like to see martial arts like going with the same notion where you where we're talking about if everyone has a gun like you know people would be less likely to engage in gun violence but if everyone were trained in physical if you knew the the odds that the next person could fight you most likely would not want to get in the fight so yeah training in self-defense and martial arts in school sure why not upgrade america 2.0 remix <laughs> so all right what else we got uh, <laughs> that was pretty cool. Um, what else did you want to talk about? I know I got the Florida stuff. Yeah, man. Tell me more about the, uh, the Florida stuff. So, like, Mr. Ron DeSantis, which I don't necessarily like him, but I can acknowledge when he does good things. Um, he passed. It, it, Florida became the largest state to mandate personal finance education in high school. So he said, it doesn't matter if you're going the college route, the trade route, whatever, you need to learn about personal finances, like, you know, check accounts, balance books, all that stuff. So I thought that was a very innovative way. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that'll probably be in there, I think. Um, I just wanted to kind of just do a quick overview, not necessarily get into the weeds. Y'all can research it. And then also another thing that was interesting, he's, he passed a bill for law enforcement recruiting with bonuses i think up to five thousand to recruit law enforcement officers to join you know local and sheriff department local pd and sheriff departments also it had like um tuition reimbursement like all this kind of stuff like basically like a gi bill for leos basically and like an enlistment bonus so to speak i guess you can say so i'm looking at some of his moves and i find it interesting he's taking care of 
almost every demographic. I mean, he pissed off the alphabet demographic with the don't say gay bill, whatever. But he's playing to the Blue Lives Matter crowd. With, oh, of course. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And then he's also, interestingly enough, I don't know, I guess playing to the progressive crowd with passing the personal finance and education, which I thought that's pretty progressive. So I think private schools probably already do that, but for it to be on public schools, I think is a big move. So yeah. I don't know, what do you think about this? I think it's a very intelligent move, and I applaud Florida for making that, for making that change. Because it's like you go to high school, and then if you don't choose to go to college or the military, your education stops there, and then the world will have its ways. And if you are not educated in the ways of finance, like, what else is more important than, like, this should be a, a, a study that takes place from, heck, elementary school. You should be learning to manage time and money. That's the mm-hmm. two in the synonymous. But, um, yeah, I think it's a, that's just really great for Florida, but there's a lot of stuff going on in Florida. And, uh, I do believe there is some rumor of uh, DeSantos wanting to run against Trump. Oh, you're talking about for the 2024? Yeah, he's been coy about it. I think he is going to run. I think in my opinion... Say again? I'd advise him to wait enough. Like, once Trump, you know, essentially he does his thing and then assuming he wins, you know, and then he's done. And then he would be a perfect candidate, but that wouldn't advise him to do that. I can honestly say he would be a good candidate. He's kind of what we've been talking about as far as politics needing to get younger. Because I don't think he's that much older than us, actually, Ron DeSantis. So I do like that aspect. I do like that he takes kind of a different approach with governing. He tries to look, tries to be a little more pragmatic. I don't necessarily agree with everything he does, but I do see some good things. and. I also said, we talked about this last season, Trump should run independent to break the system. He already broke another way. Why not break it another If Trump ran independent, then yeah, I would say, yo, go for the Democratic ticket. But it would be, um, and I, I could see him doing that if he doesn't, if Trump didn't get the, did I say Democratic Party, Republican? Anyways, like. I don't know. I think. You got to think that his if, during his presidency, he caught crap from both sides, right? So I would think that's the way to go. If he's trying to be more autonomous, like he likes to be, why not go independent? Because he has that, he has that base. He has his base already. So if he goes independent, that's another way it can force what we've been talking about. Pretty much trying to get rid of these parties or at least have three parties to choose from mainstream every election cycle. But what was the highest independent, no independent president besides George Washington has ever held the White House? But like, as far as candidates, what was it? Ross Perot or someone who had like 18? Yeah, I f- he did pretty well. Yeah, I think it was him. Uh, ah, somebody else that did pretty well. 
was it Dick Gregory back in the day, the activist, stand-up comedian? Um, I think he actually did pretty well in a presidential election, but like something happened with the votes, but he got a lot of votes actually. Uh, I think it was like three million or something, like something crazy. Like that's like whoa, like, and I don't think he was with either party too, if I remember correctly. And again, I'm just I don't didn't memorize all the uh, how do you say FEC rules and stuff like that, but he'd have a lot just from our experience, you know, upgrade America independent campaign. He could do a lot more with with the campaign running it outside the scope of the Republican. The only thing is like he would have to people would actually have to write his name to do that Which and that's an extra step. That would be hard though. For his his base, they will do whatever, as we saw. <laughs> so yeah. they'll they down for that. Um I think that'd be a very interesting social experience. I don't agree with having more senior citizens running this country, but for to break open uh, a new way of the election and changing things, I do agree with seeing what would happen for him to push that, you know what I'm saying? And I, I would hope next election, we got more younger candidates. I'm tired of seeing citizens running our country. Like it's time, y'all could be advisors, but it's time for our generation and under to run this country at this point. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Like the notion of of, a, as, of an advisor, it's just like yo, you got years of wisdom and experience collectively. You guys can help us make good decisions. But you being at the head of the, of the wheel, you driving the, the ship, and you you don't know how to uh, log into Twitter. Like no, like you should should not be uh, leading the free world. What do I? Do? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think that's really it. We got uh, any wellness tips for this week? The philosophy, you know, how you do your philosophy corner. Yeah, yeah. So, man, there's so much stuff to discuss philosophically, though. But um, I suppose we can tie wellness and safety and all that good stuff in together. Like everybody running out there, it's uh, it's only, sometimes it's only spring in on the calendar. Doesn't mean it's spring outside. <laughs> Unless you're in Florida, it's spring every day. But you know, for everyone else who where it's cold, you know, just always keep a jacket with you. But what, what do you have for health and safety? I'm going to address my boy, uh, Basshead Jazz Music. He said, elders are for council, youngsters are for war. That's what he was saying, as far as what we're talking about. Shout out. Um, I agree what you just said. Like, pay attention to the weather. I know that our weather changes like crazy. Like, it was overcast yesterday for like all day. Then finally it decided to rain. So I had to slip into my boots because I have my like running shoes on, which are horrible for the rain, which I had to wear my boots. Yeah, absolutely. Then the one chick, she had galoshes or rain boots for those who don't know who those, what those are. Um, so yeah, I was I was gonna say something. Ah, I forgot. I had a thought. What I was gonna share. Um, 
Nah, I don't really have anything. Now I think about it. I'm good. And then I guess uh, my... Well, yeah, I don't want to rewind back to the duel thing, but if you did have a duel, have to duel, or get challenged to a duel, whatever, what weapons would you choose? Fair That's enough. It. That's all you need. Yeah, yeah, I can see, I can see. Just like Pop said, it's all you need. Win some, you lose some. Because it doesn't <laughs> necessarily have to be a death. It's just you, if you knock them out, just stuff. So I guess yeah. that's the one note. Um, I was going to say swords or pistols, but now, like, yeah, I think I'm liking the, I'm liking the dukes. Yeah. Next for you that we can, we can wrap it up. But what do you think happens when you die? When people die? Oh, man, I believe in so many different things. I do think... I do think there's a, what do they call it? Not Maybe purgatory-ish. Like sometimes your soul does get stuck here until you got some unfinished business or whatever, or you're just doomed that way. I do believe there's a hell. I do believe there's a heaven, but I also do believe in reincarnation. Interesting. Um, I, I, I kind of believe in all those things, honestly. I think there's a place for all of those things because I get example. And it's always funny when you see infants doing like old people or adult stuff when they're infants, when they're toddlers, when they're kids, like where are they getting this stuff from? They haven't had that experience in life to be able to do some of these things. I've seen it with my nieces and nephews, other people's kids, like, how old are you again? Like, how are you? But it's like, there's a lot that can be encoded into DNA. That's true. Epigenetics, that's another interesting frontier as far as how genetics work. Um, Y'all do your Googles on that. It's very interesting stuff. I don't know. I just look at stuff like that. Like the the old saying I would say between cultures, like when an elder dies, a child is born. You know what I'm saying? Like it's always this, it's in this cycle, right? So I don't know. That's that's my beliefs on that. Well, you know, like, uh, I spend a lot of time conceptualizing the notion of God. And we can talk about that all day. But, like, we have dreams with people in our dreams. Mm-hmm. So my philosophy is, like, we are all beings or people. This is all God's elaborate thought or dream. Mm-hmm. But when we extinguish, we return to that source. But that's just my that's just my belief of what we have. And you know, God bless the First Amendment. We're free to believe whatever it is we want to believe. And you know, this thing is sacred. Like America has a lot of room for improvement. But the, Absolutely. the ideal of free speech, freedom of religion. <laughs> God bless the right to bear arms I go on and on these are really great ideas and I would like to preserve them for as long as possible but uh, I agree blessings to everyone again thank you for watching this Yo, CJ shared some stats with us people are watching all over the world all oh yeah well, they're, yeah they're listening yeah but we yeah. got to do the uh, analytics for the YouTube. I'm kind of mm-hmm. curious on that front, who's watching. 
soon be. But yo, yeah. all I got again, stay blessed, stay humble, be nice. You know, let's change the world. Upgrade America. Upgrade America. Peace. All right, IG Live. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it.